his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Kevin Roberts is with us this afternoon. I wanted to talk to him about a bunch of different things, including Senator Hawley's piece last week in the Washington Post on conservatism. He is the president of the Heritage Foundation and has spoken even recently on the future of American conservatism. We're going to talk about the Respect for Marriage Act and a few other things. Kevin Roberts, how are you? I should say Dr. Kevin Roberts, how are you this afternoon? Man, I am doing great. It is such a pleasure to be with you, even though we've got some challenges in America. I'm still hopeful about the future. I think we have a lot of challenges, right? Uh, but you know what? It's good for a talk show host. I hate to take advantage of the uh, the horror that faces the country, but unfortunately and sadly, that gives me material as you might um, as you might imagine, right? That's so true. I'm I'm chuckling because sometimes people say that about the president of Heritage that you know you guys talk about speaking about us everything that's going wrong, you know, just in order to stay in business as well. Unfortunately, everything we say is going wrong is going wrong. We're just trying to come up with a solution just like you are in your show. Well, I've uh, worked with folks from the Heritage Foundation for years being uh, in this business and, and talking about conservative politics and issues for a long time. But let's a little bit as we get started here, talk about Kevin Roberts and how you got into this position and what, you know, maybe for people listening right now, what the Heritage Foundation and this position actually is all about. Well, we like to say, Mark, that we're the outpost for the everyday American in D.C. And and sometimes people hear that and they say, well, you're in this nice building on Capitol Hill. Yes, we are. You know why? Because hundreds of thousands of Americans with small donations support us each year. And so we like to say we're here on their behalf. There really isn't an organization of our influence or size in Washington, D.C., lobbying for everyday issues. And since you asked about me, I grew up in a working class family in a blue collar town on the Gulf Coast. And so even though I had the opportunity to go and and get some nice formal education, I see the world through the lens of that working class boy on the Gulf Coast, which means that Washington is against us. Uh, This is not a Republican or Democrat thing. It's us versus them. And so it's just a great privilege every day to lead this organization that is really representing us against them. And we really have to be good in our advocacy and and the policy work that we're doing in politics, because the path ahead is really narrow. I think we're going to prevail, but, you know, we don't engage in hollow optimism. It's a really narrow road. And when when you talk about that narrow road, you, you, you talk about that in terms of just the numbers game in Washington or beyond that? Well, really beyond that, I mean, two things when I say that the numbers game in Washington, which you and your audience know well, is really thin, right? We had a a red trickle with a bare majority for conservatives in the House, lost the Senate again, don't control the White House. 2024 looks like it's more promising, but we have to get from there 
are from here to there. And so that's going to be narrow. But I also mean it in a second way, a way that each of us outside D.C. feels it every day. And it is in our institutions. You know, there, there's this Marxist scholar from Italy, Antonio Gramsci, who said that they would march through the institutions, the Marxists would. That's exactly what's happened. Just pause for a moment and, and ask ourselves the question, which institutions, K-12 schools, universities, public professional associations, do we actually control as conservatives? Very few. Yeah. And so I believe there's a very small number of these institutions on our side. We really have to not only revitalize them, but also expand their ranks. Just to pull an issue out that I'm, I'm certain you must be familiar with, you, you did some, um, some work at Virginia Tech, didn't you? I did. I did my master's in history there. So th- this case that's kind of in the news right now with the women's soccer player that is suing over the retaliation. So she had a coach, um, Charles Chugger Adair. He wants her to kneel during a unity statement, basically taking a knee. And this student says, no, I'm not going to do that. Now she's suing this guy and uh, the university, which I think is interesting. And that that's maybe representative of some of these culture issues that you have to fight all the time, right? No, it's true. It's, it's a classic example of how we've, we've lost all these institutions. You know, I can tell you that Southwest Virginia, where Virginia Tech is, is one of the most conservative regions in the United States. And yet this institution, which had been a military school, has gone full woke. It's gone full woke because for two generations, the faculty have gotten more and more leftist such that you can have this, this athletics coach say you, you're forced to kneel. I mean, beyond anything else, it's just a violation of free speech. That's the, that's the war, frankly. That's the war that conservatives are in, in our institutions, on our athletic fields, certainly in politics. And I think, as we know from Governor DeSantis of Florida, chiefly when conservatives in power, whether they're governors or university presidents or policy group presidents, are willing to fight, we usually prevail. And I think that that's what that young lady is, is trying to signify to us, is it's time to muster the courage to go fight on behalf of common sense. Why do you think the red wave did not manifest itself into, um, you, you know, a, a bigger wave? <laughs> Why was it just a trickle? Because I was in the camp, many of us were in the media that thought it was going to be bigger, just because we felt like this moment was right, that all of the... Um, you know, the things in the past couple of years, whether it's the CRT or the masking, you know, the lockdowns, all of that was culminating in a very good way for Republicans. And then what happened? Well, three things. The, the first is the, the, the left continues to have a great turnout operation and our political apparatus on our side, especially at the Republican National Committee, has to be a lot better. The second, which is the lane that I operate and, and, and really was clamoring in for the House and Senate leaders to, to listen to us was that you, you can't let the, the millionaire political consultants in the swamp tell you to run on nothing. You know, Mitch McConnell and his minions said, we don't have to run on any policy agenda. We can just let the Biden agenda speak for itself and, and we'll be in power. We see how that worked out. All year, Heritage was clamoring with McConnell and McCarthy run on the governing agenda. At least McCarthy, although it was late, had the sense to do that. So and, 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 and to put it succinctly, there was no aspirational governing mission uh, or, or idea, vision that conservative candidates had. And, and I think it's a really important lesson for the future. But the third reason, frankly, is that not all of our candidates were great. I mean, that's, that's something that happens every cycle. But we really need to do a better job as a movement in assessing not only people who might have interesting life stories prior to coming into office, but are actually residents of their states 
and can make a credible case of why they want to be the, the, the governor or the U.S. senator or in the case of congressional districts, the congressman. Heritage Foundation President Kevin Roberts is with me this afternoon on 97.1 FM Talk. When you say the governing agenda, what would you have liked to have seen in that governing agenda? That was part of the criticism of Senator Hawley in his op-ed last week. So I'm curious about what your thoughts are there. Yeah, Senator Hawley is so good. In fact, we, we worked with him quite a bit on ours, which includes seven priorities for taking back America, ranging from taking on big tech to confronting the threat that China poses to harnessing the angst that so many apolitical parents have about the state of education to fiscal sanity. Uh, There are so many issues that are, as we say at Heritage, 80-20 issues. You get 80% agreement by the American people across the political spectrum on, and, and only in the House, and only then very late in the campaign, did we see them rally around that. It was, it was frankly too late. There, there was none of that, literally none of that on the Senate side. In a lot of ways, we need to go back to successful presidential campaigns in the last two generations. Donald Trump's in 2016, Ronald Reagan's in 1980, chief among all of them because what these candidates did was explain to the everyday American, who you know may not necessarily always be conservative, how what's going on in Washington affects their lives negatively. And flip that on its head and say that everything is about self-governance. That's the kind of way we have to frame these issues, Mark, in order to have any chance of winning election cycles in the future. So here's here's a bit of a conundrum that that I even face, and I just want your reaction to this. So we're in a we had a great event on Friday night. We had Brian Kilmeade come in from Fox. He does a show here on the radio, visits with me every week, and you know we met with hundreds of listeners. We had a great great night. I had somebody that came up to me that night um, after. Brian was done speaking. He was signing books and said, look, and this was a younger person who said, look, I'm, I'm a young conservative, which is always encouraging to, to see that. Um, but this was someone that felt and came at me with these two issues, with uh, gay marriage and with abortion, saying, look, you got younger people that would come on over to a lot of conservative principles, but those might be the issues that are preventing them from doing that. Now, I, I think both those issues are a bit nuanced because we know that a fair majority of the country feels like some abortion should be legal. But obviously, when it gets into restrictions and and you know, no restrictions, then people kind of throw the challenge flag appropriately so. But you, you took a strong uh, position against the, you know, the Respect for Marriage Act, and and that's something that Senator Blunt, as he's an outgoing senator, doesn't have to worry about re-election, did vote for. A lot of conservatives not happy with that vote. I, and this is a long-winded question, Kevin, but you understand the push and pull that goes on with that because I feel like I am a conservative. I don't care about gay marriage. I really don't. Now, I do care about religious protections and some of the things that were in that bill that I don't think were appropriate. But does any of that make sense, what I'm saying? Because there is some oh. push and pull, and I think people are a little— you know, struggling on some of those issues in particular. And then if you don't support it, you're called a rhino. Well, all of that makes sense, Mark. I mean, truly. And it wasn't long-winded. It actually was very articulate. And so the the heritage position is we believe in traditional marriage between one man and one woman. We understand that there are conservatives who either disagree with that or say, don't don't worry about that. Our response to that, which which speaks to your larger point about how we broaden the movement, a great passion of mine, is to speak the truth about that so-called Respect for Marriage Act. That, that act was not necessary. The Obergefell decision accomplished everything that act purported to do. So then you ask yourself a question, well, what is it that Washington's up to? 
And, and one of the things I know about younger Americans, having taught many of them, is that they have a great skepticism about centralized power. They unfortunately have a great skepticism when leaders of institutions like Congress say things because they know there might be a backstory. Well, the backstory, this is the thing to lead with, with, with people who, like yourself or they, are a little suspect about the traditional conservative position on marriage is that it's about eroding our free speech and our religious liberty. It is really about how it is already being used, which is to tamp down speech by Americans who happen to believe differently. So I've yet to meet a conservative who believes that same-sex marriage is good, who also believes that I, as a person of faith, don't have the right in my own church and also in my own free speech to disagree. This is America, after all. And so I think what we need to do is frame it in terms of free speech and religious liberty, always being very respectful to everyone, regardless of their lifestyle. The unfortunate thing is that those of us who adhere to those traditional values are the ones who are being victimized by Congress. And I think if we frame it that way, we at the very least neutralize that, but probably are able to gain some adherence to that position, which really is all about the First Amendment. Yeah, and and the framing is difficult because, and and I framed it that way when I talked about that issue leading up to the vote, but most of the media is not going to frame it that way. They're not going to get into the religious freedom issues, right? They're only going to get into one side of that equation, which is part of the difficulty. One more issue here for you. You you took a shot at George Will and Karl Rove. They were at an event at the LBJ Presidential Library, and it was the future of conservatism. And and you said on Twitter, it's comical to see two elitists, George Will and Karl Rove, lecture conservatism is about the future of our movement at the LBJ Library, of all places. They're out of touch with reality, living in a bygone era. In what way? Well, first of all, I have great respect for both men, especially George Will, who helped me come of age as a conservative. But it's just factually true. But using his own words, he no longer considers himself a conservative. So I'm not sure why... I don't mean this disrespectfully, Mr. Will has anything to offer when it comes to the future of conservatism. Uh, he, he has left the movement behind for reasons that still baffle me. In the case of Karl Rove, obviously a, a brilliant political strategist, but the reason is that, that Karl still believes that everything is about campaigns, everything is about elections, and that those of us who are what I would call civil society conservatives, we want to you know, build up these, these institutions, our churches, professional associations, far upstream politics, it's just something he doesn't understand. And so while I welcome their opinion in the larger debate, it is just absurd to me that they would be considered as the luminaries of where conservatism is going, especially when both of them would write blank checks for foreign interventionism, uh, something yeah. that certainly most conservatives don't agree yeah, with. Yeah, look, you've nailed it there. And I, you know, I, I can respect the past as well, but there are better conservative leaders moving forward. So I think that the criticism was spot on. Kevin, great conversation. I appreciate the perspective. We uh, absolutely support the Heritage Foundation. I love having you on here. Hopefully create a little relationship. But thank you so much for coming on 97.1 FM Talk here in St. Louis. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I look forward to joining you again. Thank you, Kevin. Great chat with Kevin Roberts. I was unfamiliar with him. You know, I was familiar with him, but I had never had him on the air as president of the Heritage Foundation. So great to make that connection. Matt Holliday, Cardinals legend. He's back with the team. He's the bench coach, but he also started with his wife, Homers for Health, for SSM Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. It's the Tree Hope Campaign Week. We're going to hook up with Matt Holliday coming up next on 97.1 FM Talk. 97.1 FM Talk. Podcast. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. 
But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.